Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast worldwide. This is episode 82 of Schalke America and I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest <laughs> aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to English speaking fans of the club and get their point of view across. Clearly I am stumbling through my words and uh luckily you're not gonna do, hear me do this alone. Uh joining me as always is co host Jack Mangan. Jack, rescue me here. <laughs> How's it going, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh the Bundesliga is back, my friend. Little Friday uh, afternoon matinee, Schalke yeah. Gladbach, little Champions League six pointer. If you will, uh, no better way to start it off. And luckily, the uh, the fixture itself, I think, lived up to to the billing. It was, it was quite an entertaining watch. Certainly a top spiel, wasn't it? And uh, we are back uh, with a vengeance in the, in the Rook Runda with a nice victory. A victory, whatever you want to call it, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever. Uh, it's a victory celebration nonetheless. Uh, but before we get into the news, uh, or before we get into the game, I should say, uh, a couple of news tidbits that came up uh, that I want to bring up at least. And then uh, and if you want, if anything else, you know, we can go from there. But um, the big news, uh, you know, the, the elephant in the room, Nabil Bentaleb, um, many don't question the talent that he has. It's just, uh, is he the right fit for Shaka considering all the backroom distractions and everything that went on last year and even the year before? Um, rumor is today... Uh, that he was uh, undergoing his medical at Newcastle United. Uh, that it's supposedly a loan with an option to buy for 10 million euros. Uh, this has got to be good news. I mean, we hate to be losing a talented player like Nabil, uh, but he was doing nothing for us, meaning he was on the bench. We we're never going to play him. It seemed like after everything that was going on, it's obviously a falling out with the management and, and him. Uh, so the best move to do is to, is to ship him out somewhere else so someone else can use him, right? Yeah, absolutely. So first things first, uh, happy for Nabil Bentaleb that he's getting an opportunity yeah. to uh, move elsewhere and continue with his playing career because the uh, the reserve team limbo that he was in recently, I think, was was unfortunate. I know he was recovering from an injury for a while, but I think it's best that he move on and is able to pursue his career um, elsewhere. I mean, obviously has some experience with Spurs previously, so now he's finding himself back in the Premier League with uh, Newcastle. I think that's a good move for him. Honestly, it's not like he's going to... Uh, second division some yeah you know what i mean i think it's a it's a solid solid spot for him um i just i just don't understand the cult of bentaleb that seems to be very present on shalka twitter uh so many people just like really upset about the fact that we're losing him and think he was treated unfairly and yada yada and listen you and i have talked on this podcast a number of times about um how i mean we'd love the opportunity to talk to him ourselves and, and like actually get it from the horse's mouth and everything as opposed to kind of the um veiled press releases from the, you know that kind of stuff about the club about what was going on but at the end of the day i mean I, i'm pretty sure they didn't do that for no reason I, i'm sure there was yeah. something happening that 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 something warranted happened. that right yeah um and, and i think that comes down to a lack of professionalism on his part uh so yeah i mean granted the guy's a talented player 
I think last year, given Harit's um, distance from the team, I think there were times when Nabil Bentaleb was our, our most talented player on the pitch last season. Um, but talent only gets you so far, and you have to approach everything else the right way. And if there were issues off the field, I mean, I don't know. I just don't want. I don't, I don't understand quite why people are so upset about it. Uh, I think it's disappointing the way his time here is ultimately turned out but i don't think it's a mistake necessarily to be getting rid of him i think we have a pretty solid midfield as it is and and clearly he was causing issues in the squad what are your thoughts yeah i mean i have to agree with that i mean he wasn't being used at the moment and and he was causing more clout than anything else i mean yeah he's a talented talented player and and on on his best i mean he he was doing going through players left and right we joked uh on a tweet a couple i think of last season how he or maybe the year before that how he was uh ronaldinho-esque you know going out there just going through people like him and harit so but that's on his best. On his worst, he's just not effective in the game at all. But, you know, that was standing. He was in the club and not doing anything. Why are you paying a guy who's in the back room? You know, it's obviously affecting the team when he's there uh, or whether he's there or not. And so you might as well get him rid of the club. And I understand people say, hey, you're wasting his talent, blah, blah, blah. But we weren't using him. We were never going to use him. So what the hell? Just get rid of him. You know, and, and it's unfair for the player to be stuck here, not be able to play. You know, let him go find find his career somewhere else. Let him do well somewhere else or try to at least uh, being stuck in, um, you know, perpetual doom there. And in, in the youth, youth academy doesn't, doesn't do anybody well. And uh, f- how do we know it's not doing anything bad for the youth players as well? So, I mean, I'm fine with this move. Absolutely. I mean, I hate to see him go, like you said, but I mean, he had to be moved. I think the context of his disciplinary issues is important as well because it's not like he just randomly, yeah, you know, missed a German lesson in in the midst of some very typical season. The guy went a wall when we needed him the most, essentially. Uh, when a lot was on the line, when we were flirting with the relegation battle, really, yeah. and so for him to demonstrate the lack of professionalism that he supposedly demonstrated in that crisis mode is is makes it even worse and the thing is like i guess some people are saying hey maybe maybe he should have been given a chance to be reintegrated under david wagner um and the fact that and so the fact that he hasn't been i guess is like they're saying it's unfair but to me it's like if he hasn't been reintegrated it's either because what he did initially was so bad or he hasn't shown enough remorse or significant improvement in terms of his actions to warrant that so i mean is it possible the club's treating him unfairly maybe but I, I find that hard to believe. I don't know why they do that with an asset, um, particularly someone who, as we said, at times is one of the more talented players on the pitch. So I don't get it. Um, once again, I'm just kind of glad, as with the Nubel situation, we're about to talk about that in a second, that this is over with because these kinds of distractions in and around the squad I don't think help anybody. And I think it's best that both parties just sort of go their own ways and he's allowed to uh, get on with things and continue his career elsewhere. And I wish him the best. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree with that exactly. And uh yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate the whole situation. Obviously, something happened. Something had to have happened, and we don't know exactly all the rumors are so or what the truth is. We haven't spoken to anyone face to face, so until that time comes, I think we're just gonna uh, trust that the management did what they did in the, in the best interest of the club. So, um, moving on to better news, and before we do that, um, I'm wearing my new Weston McKinney kit that I got. Um, I was, I, I've been wanting to get this for a long time, and I, I like the new kits, so I went ahead and got it. Um, obviously, I would like to get a uh, I'm a Katucci one as well, but I'm still working on that. But the McKinney one was a must as Americans. We are. This is Shalk America. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited about the purchase, Jack. And I noticed you're drinking a little uh, bourbon, possibly. I'm drinking a uh, Jack and Coke at this uh, moment. There you go. It's a, mon- it's a Monday night. I mean, like, what do you want from me? Exactly. <laughs> well, the good news is, uh, other than my new kit, Cheers, cheers. <laughs> um, 
we had an extension. Uh, it wasn't Suat Serdar like I let, led you to believe during my football manager game. Uh, it was uh, Bastian Ochipka agreeing to a three-year contract extension to 2023. Um, you like it? Uh, indifferent? What, what are your thoughts on the extension of uh, Bastian? I don't hate it. Uh, I, I think... I think he's just it's what exact it's exactly what he th- we thought he was when we signed him which is that he is a reliable left back he usually stays healthy and he does a job for you uh he's not the best uh left back in terms of his abilities going forward and and, and joining in the attack I think we saw that in the Gladbach game his crossing in particular was pretty poor uh but a solid player, solid defensively and, and does and does certain things well I think he's pretty good on the ball in terms of his dribbling ability um yeah, so I mean, how how old is the ship guy? I should look that up while we're talking about this. But um uh, honestly, upper twenties, twenty eight, twenty nine, maybe. Okay, so he's already thirty one. Oh, okay. Apparently. So a three year extension for that, eh, we'll see. Is it possible that Father Time catches up with him in the in the very near future? Maybe. Um but at a minimum I think he should be fine as a rotation player for the next couple of years. Uh if we have somebody else come through and so from that from that standpoint, I think it's I think it's totally fine. I think he's earned it. Yeah, and and the main thing we want to look at is that we're not losing another player for free. Uh, we're, we've got a contract extension. So if and if it comes down the road and he's still playing well, you know, hey, maybe he can we can, we sell him or something like that. But we're not letting him go for free. Uh, that's a big thing because we're having that too many issues with that. We've seen as of late with with Jochen Schneider. We're signing the people, the core people, to long term extensions or two extensions, I should say. You know, Harit was one, um, and some other guys. So. It's a good sign. We're not losing players for free because so in the la- so much so many players in the last decade we've lost for free. You can make a uh, an all star starting eleven with the players we've lost for free. So um, that is, that's good in that respect. And like you said, he's he's starting to look like the player that we wanted him in the beginning. A serviceable, reliable left back who can cross it in. Who's good at free kicks. I mean, what more do you want? He's he's always there. He's hardly injured. He had that one injury spell, I think, uh, last season early on. But yeah, he's always there. And uh, I'm afraid that we're working him like a workhorse sometimes because he's got he's playing every single game. But other than that, uh, you know, I, I, he's a fantastic player, and so I'm I'm happy with this. Uh, uh, like this, he's a more uh, core player sign, maybe Swat Serter, like we uh, like we were joking about before. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's a good start. Well, the Swat Serter, I think, is interesting just because there's there's been that quote floating around where he said uh, if if Joachim Schneider offered him a new contract, he wouldn't say no. Right. And I'm like offer him the contract yeah like like what are we waiting for let's go man (laughs) oh man yeah uh so that's uh that's that's some good news here and then um do we want to get into any kind of any other news right now so in addition to the the bentaleb conversation on on shaka twitter today there was an interesting thread with a number of prominent shaka twitter people today uh regarding the future of nuble in terms of his playing time and how that relates to Schubert, we talked about this last episode. I had a long yeah. thread about it on Twitter. I think you and I both agreed that our stance was as long as Schubert isn't underperforming to the extent where he's hurting results and that Nubel would be a better option for points, we should make every attempt to give Nubel as many minutes as possible because we need to be investing in his growth. Whereas, you know, Nubel's leaving at the end of the season, there's no point to give him minutes and help him practice or improve. Like, that's not in our best interest, right? So I was surprised that there were a number of people that were suggesting that, um, Hey, Nubel's the best goalkeeper. He needs to start. Like, end of story. Like, Schubert's not good enough. He, like, you know, I think there was a comment by maybe Torsten Bielen that was saying, uh, you know, Bundesliga games aren't where you practice. And, I mean, there, there's there's a billion things wrong with this. But I beg to um, differ, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, 
I mean, Newble was essentially practicing last year when we slid him in. Like, I don't know how that's a different situation, really. Um, but anyway, I mean, so the one stat that I threw out today, and once again, this is one stat, it's a small sample size, but I talked about this. There's a stat from StatsBomb, which is um, post-shot expected goals, which takes into account whether or not a shot was on target as opposed to a uh, a standard uh, XG statistic. And um, Schubert's plus-minus in that in that stat is second in the Bundesliga only to Jan Zummer, who we saw this weekend as well, um, which is it's 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 better than Nubles, first of all, but it's it's among the best in the Bundesliga. So in that stat, he's doing pretty well. And then additionally, um, one of the things that I think gets talked about with Nubel all the time is how much better he was in distribution than Fairman. Um, right. As far as like long pass completion, so passes over 40 yards, basically goal kicks essentially that are like deep, uh, Schubert and Nubel are almost indistinguishable on that stat. Um, they're basically identical. So there's not a significant difference there. So I, I'm not saying that Newell's not the better goalkeeper necessarily, but I think you and I would both agree that Schubert's been fine for the most part um, early into uh, his appearances for Schalke. And some of the stats bear that out. And I think until we start seeing any sort of significant downturn in play, the whole Newell argument doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I agree with that, and that's kind of what we've been talking about the whole time. It's like you have a you have a kid who's going to be your starter going forward next season, anyway. So give him all the opportunity he can, and, and unless he's screwing up and and costing his games, then I see you bring in Nubel. But there's nothing to show you at the moment that uh, Schubert is doing uh, not going to do well for us. And 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 you know some people like Harry Feelin and, and other guys they're saying how oh maybe on corner kicks and stuff like that he's not doing so well, but. Nubel wasn't doing that great either. I mean, I could think of a uh, a big game uh, not too long ago where he cost us a goal off of a corner kick where he bobbled it. So, I mean, they're very, very similar players at the moment, and there's no reason why uh, we shouldn't be playing Schubert at the moment. Like I said, it's only going to benefit Bayern if we if we start Nubel um, based on the way they both are playing at the moment. Now, if like like we've been saying, if Schubert messes up, okay, put in Nubel, absolutely. We don't want we don't want to ruin our European opportunities um, with him with Schubert messing things up. But if he's if he's playing well, let him play, let him learn. And you do use the Bundesliga as practice because the more games you play, the better you become as a player. Uh, it doesn't matter what league you play in; it's pitch time that gets you better. It's not being on the practice field. So, um, and the only argument against this that I think is legit is like, if for some reason Schalke aren't planning on giving Schubert the job and they're actually going to go out in the summer, maybe buy a replacement goalkeeper, then maybe you could say, hey, Nubel is maybe slightly better in that, so we should play him instead. But then, in that sense, you're still hurt. You're still helping Bayern to some yep. extent. I, I don't know. It's just it's yeah, it, frustrating conversation to witness because I, I I feel like you and I have a pretty reasonable take on it. Um, and, it's rare these days, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and obviously everyone's. I mean, some people will probably call us unreasonable. I just, I just don't get it personally. I think they're very comparable players, and we need to invest in our future and not Byron's. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't agree more. Um, it's, uh, it's something that obviously is going to be talked about, especially as the last game of his suspension comes around the corner. But um, yeah, let's. Uh, well, I'm curious to see what – I mean, obviously, you got to go with what the manager is going to say. The manager has something in their mind, and whatever they decide is going to be the answer. We, who are we to um, to tell them otherwise? But uh, until then, we have pure speculation, and so that's um, that's what we're going to do, right? Speculate. So um, give me one second. All right, never mind. I'm good. All right, so, well, the game we're here to talk about is the game against Gladbach. Uh, obviously, a top spiel. Uh, team who's second in the, in the league, as and we were what fourth or fifth? Fifth, we were fifth, right? Yeah, yeah, we were fifth going into it, and we've we've remained fifth after the weekend based on the results. 
Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Because of a certain Norwegian. Yeah, yeah, that guy's going to be difficult for many people. Um, so, yeah, we were hosting this game. Uh, first game of the season in the, in the Hinrunda was at Gladbach. So this one is at home. Uh, and it was, a, it was a lively atmosphere, of course. So, you know, we've been itching to get back. It's been a month off or whatever it was uh, without the Bundesliga. And so we've seen some Schalke play, some friendlies, and we were just, okay, okay, they're looking good. They look good against Hamburg for nothing. And so let's see what we can do with a big – a gauntlet of teams coming up here in the beginning of the Rukurunda to start with Gladbach. And we've always played Gladbach tight. And uh, this one was going to be no different, but I thought uh, we looked <laughs> we looked excellent. Um, uh, before we get into the, the game, the, the the lineup for Schalke to start with, Schubert obviously in goal with uh, Nubel suspended. Back four of Kenny, Kabak, Nastasic, who was back from injury, and Bastino Chipka. And then you had a um, midfield of Omar Mascarell, Swat Serda, Kalajiri, uh, and Alessandro Schoff, and then up top you had Gregorich and Rahman. And depending on what uh, website you looked at or if you watched the game, it, it could be classified as a 4-4-2 diamond or a 4-2-3-1. Many people were speculating back and forth. I saw it more as a 4-4-2, but um, what do you think about the lineup and, uh, and the formation? Yeah, Schubert, as you said, because Nubel is still incarcerated for murder. Um, <laughs> should be released soon. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Weston McKinney unavailable uh because of injury not that he would necessarily would have started but some guy that's sometimes in the mix and then harid of course uh couldn't quite get fit enough to get in and so uh suat sardar slid into his role in sort of the number 10 and then you had a, a midfield right uh right and left midfielder of um shelf and and, and Caligari. uh beyond that pretty standard and then of course gregorich uh in the lineup as well the new man um i saw it like you guys saw kind of like a 442 diamond pretty standard for us um yeah, and I thought uh, I, I thought Shuff actually, and we'll get into this a little bit, but I thought Shuff in particular actually fit this game very well because, as you said, we we looked very good, and a lot of that was our energy and our our work rate and our and our pressing, and and Shuff is absolutely the kind of player that can accomplish those things, and I think the stats ended up bearing that out, and he was he was very active on the day. Yeah, he was, and it was a a good lineup. I mean, obviously a, a great game plan. Uh, Gladbach, though, I mean, all they talked about before pre and pregame was the attacking power of Gladbach, and it, and it really was. I mean, if you Braille and Bolo, Braille and Bolo, but obviously that, that a goalkeeper, a very good goalkeeper, in Jan Sommer, uh, who nearly thought the way he performed at the beginning of the game, you thought it was going to be a long night for Schalke. Uh, they had a back four of Leiner, Ginter, Janske. And uh, Vent in the midfield of Herman, uh, who's always been a torment to us. Zachariah, who's played well against us as well. Hoffman, Toram, Mbolo, and Plie to lead it all. Uh, a lot of attacking power on there for sure. Uh, but uh, the boys and the the boys played well. Uh, Wagner had an excellent game plan, um, and there's not. I mean, it was a great game overall by us. I mean. Definitely looked like the top shield for. A new, if you're a neutral fan watching this game, you had to be excited, even though it was um, such a tight affair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's two of the the bigger teams in the league, two teams that have had very successful seasons. Um, so yeah, certainly a, a sighting, an exciting uh, a fixture uh, to start the rook runner here. Uh, I mean, Jan Zummer at this point, I think a lot of people would agree, is probably the best goalkeeper in the Bundesliga. Um, he's been phenomenal. Uh, Mbolo, we know well, although he was he, the the shape was generally like a four two three one, and we saw Mbolo in that attacking midfield role again yeah. with play up top. And I, I just, I, I still don't, I'm not convinced by that for him. I don't think that maximizes what he's best at. Um, and so I find that curious that Rosa did that again because he did that against us for the first game of the season, didn't he? 
Yeah. And, and we thought you, it was weird then. And maybe I haven't Embolo been paying attention. Maybe, yeah, maybe thought Embolo would have some kind of bigger factor in the game than he, he ended up did in, did in both games. Yeah, I mean, so anyway, it, a lot of really good attacking players uh, on Gladbach. We've seen that this season, but um, not so much in this game in particular. And once again, yeah, that Embolo thing at, at the sort of 10, so to speak, is just curious to me. Yeah, and then the game went into halftime uh, 0-0, but it was certainly an entertaining first half. Um, both both teams in the first, oh man, like 10, 15 minutes of the game had you know great opportunities. Gregorich really early on had one right to uh, Jan Sommer and followed up with a, an assist to Serdar, who got stopped by, by Sommer. Um, Schubert had to make a couple big saves as well. Uh, so it went back and forth. Both teams really had opportunities, but it was overall a 0-0 game. It didn't feel like one, but um, certainly a, a top spiel nonetheless. And I was I was at the edge of my seat, you know, going into halftime because you know both teams had opportunities, and then it started getting really, really became a chess match as the, as the, as the half went on. Yeah, I think I think Schalke probably had the better of the opportunities in yeah, the, in the first yeah. half in particular. Uh, the Gregorich one you mentioned being being uh, the best one, and at the time I was like, oh my god, like just once again, strikers just not being able to uh, to put away chances that they should because he hit that point blank basically right at him. If he had put that anywhere else, I mean, it's 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 certainly a goal. Uh, but I, I do think uh, as disappointing as that finish was, I mean, that play kind of typified I think what we were about in the first half, which y- you see. Um, Caligiuri, I, I think it was on, uh, I think it was on maybe like Oscar Vent, but like Caligiuri intercepting a pass, um, you know, putting pressure on people as we're kind of like channeling them out to the sidelines, feeds it up to Raman. So like the, the amount of recoveries we had in Gladbach's own half in this game was phenomenal. And that's what that's what it's about, right? You lose the ball, you try to win it back up high, and then create immediately attacking pressure again because you can get back into your shape right away. Yeah. Um, and that play in particular was a great example of that. And Raman made a great run. I don't know how he kept the ball in. On the end line, but ultimately got it across to uh, Gregorich, who just, you know, hit it right at Jan Zummer point blank. But um, our defensive efforts translating into good attacking opportunities. Yeah, and it was uh, it was an excellent excellent first half, and um, second half couldn't have started any better. Uh, our man Gregorich, uh, you know, gets a, ends up getting a ball around the forty seventh, forty eighth minute on the left wing, no less, um, and he he slots the pass over to wide open Swat Serder. Who comes up in the middle? You're, I'm thinking he's going to pass the whole way, but no, he he takes his time and he shoots a well-aimed shot, uh, low low left to uh, Jan Sommer. He could not reach it. A uh, wonderful strike there. Uh, Gregorich gets an assist. Serdar, of course, putting getting getting the goal, his seventh of the season, I believe. Um, what a goal by Serdar! Uh, did we expect anything less from him? No, yeah, I mean it's a really good finish. He had plenty of time to to size it up because he did not get closed down. I actually almost thought he, he waited too long to do something there. I was kind of like getting antsy that he was taking so long. But yeah, Bog was out to Gregorich. He kind of takes it on the, on the left sideline. And um, there's a couple other Shaka players in the area, and it really funnels a lot of Gladbach pressure out that way. Meanwhile, Serdar is making a great run from the midfield, and Gregorich kind of holds the play and plays this great ball through like three Gladbach defenders that puts Serdar in acres of space right in the center of the pitch um and he kind of runs it close to uh the edge of the box and unleashes a nice curling effort and um i mean nothing zummer can really do there i mean if he would have saved that would have been a great save i mean serdar had so much time to line that up and uh you know so i mean it, it's a great finish and uh i'd love to see the new man um getting in there and, and getting an assist in his first game he had that great ball i think you said earlier to ramon where he played this excellent like 30 yard pass um oh, that yeah, ramon, ramon should have had that yeah ramon probably should have finished that for sure Jan's, it was a nice play by zummer but ramon had a lot of time to finish that uh but great ball from gregorich there and then gregorich had, had the goal line clearance too so a lot of good things going yes. on from the big man early on so um 
what a lone move that is looking to be. I mean, small sample size, but yeah, absolutely phenomenal. So gr- great goal, and, and, and Serdar continues his his excellent goal scoring form. I mean, we talked about it last week, I think, a little bit. Um, that's something that we were hoping that he and Harit were going to add to their games a little bit. Like they do so many good things, like on the ball and in progressing the ball and everything in the middle pitch. But it's like, God, if they could just score, that would that would help us out tremendously. And uh, it really has this season, especially given the lack of goal scoring from the strikers. So Serdar continuing to be a goal threat. You love to see it. Yeah, and and kind of uh, not to like uh, change subjects or anything, but you know, part of that conversation about the Nubel and Schubert argument, this and that, was, oh, you know, Schubert had to be saved by Gregorich on the goal line for that save. I'm like, I'm like, come on, man, that's his job. Any player on a set piece is supposed to be on the goal line and clear it. So you don't say that by any other goalie in the role when that happens, right? It just happened to be because you don't want to, you don't want Schubert to start. I don't know. So anyway, not to digress too much, but uh, back to the back to the man Gregorich. Yeah, he's looking like a uh, fantastic uh, pickup thus far. Like you said, small sample size, uh, but. I mean, goal line save. He set up a couple passes, to players for for opportunities. Um, nearly got a goal early on in the game. Set up, got the assist with Serdar for the goal, and then he would get his goal. Um, a lovely, lovely counterpiece play. Uh, I forget how the ball gets turned over. It might have been Mascarell, but end up getting to Swat Serdar. They go on on like a three on two break. Uh, he feeds a, a wonderful pass around the defender to um, Benito Ramon. Ramon comes uh, two on one with the defender. Far side is Gregorich, slips a pass, perfectly weighted uh, to Gregorich, and in stride, just strokes a pass to uh, Sommer, far left corner. Uh, what a goal. What a game by Gregorich. For me, my man of the match. Uh, but that goal was just beautiful to watch. I watched it in replay like 100 times. Yeah, gorgeous counterattack. Uh, it, it's the kind of football you don't always associate with Schalke. Um, it was very cathartic to see that kind of play, how silky that counterattack was. Um, and, and the great thing about it is it's it's – it touched so many players on the way through. It's yeah. Schupf to Cali Jury, so left mid to right mid or whatever you want to say, to Serdar, who's the 10, to Raman, who's like left striker, over to Gregorich, who's right. I mean, it just it touched so many different of our attacking players on the way up. Um, beautiful goal. Yeah, and Gregorich just had to you know open up his hips a little bit and, and slide that to uh, to Jan Zummer's you know, far left post. So, uh, yeah, he gets, as you said, he gets the goal and the assist couple other big plays for him couldn't ask for more of a debut in front of you know the home fans there and uh gives us a firm lead at, at two nil which um you know Gladbach had some chances in this match uh but I think we had a yeah. couple too like we said the Gregor chance earlier and I, I think that that lead was probably deserved on the whole for sure yeah yeah and uh you know Gladbach did have their opportunities in the game, but I think the, the overall result of the game was justified for Schalke. They were the better team in this one. Uh, Gregorich played well. The whole team played well. It was uh, really fun to watch, and um, we had some opportunities to extend that lead, and you know we didn't, but it, nonetheless, we didn't give up any goals. We didn't give up any leads, so um, great, great display by the team. Uh, you know, We love to see that, and hopefully we can continue this, uh, this kind of play going into next week, the big game, uh, real top spiel against Bayern. Uh, it's going to be a tricky one for sure. I'm curious how Wagner plays this one because uh, he didn't get the first one quite so well. I mean, the, the results hurt, uh, made it look worse than it was, but um, hopefully he can get some goals in this one now with some production from Gregorich. Uh, Gregorich, uh, I'm sure, knows Byron very well. Uh, I'm curious to look at the stats and see what kind of how many goals he's had against them when he was with Augsburg. So um, it's going to be a fun game. Um, so the Gregorich-Ramon thing, seeing Gregorich on the pitch, and I, I don't want to overreact to one match. Seeing him suddenly, the entire four four two concept with Ramon and like a larger striker next to him, Makes it all just sense. made it made sense Makes instantly. Because Gregorich is is a 
very silky player. He's got on the ball. Good I mean, pace like for his size. Like I, I'm not saying he's anywhere near this good, and it's not it's not exactly the same thing. He almost kind of reminds me of like a Berbatov a little bit in terms oh, okay. of some of his like how silky he is on the ball and you know in yeah. the areas he drifts into. Um, and yeah, I was really impressed. And so pairing you know somebody uh, a smaller guy with with the incredible work weight of Vermont, who's got the pace to get in behind, and then a larger maybe slower guy, but can play some really nice passes. I mean that partnership I thought worked beautifully. I think maybe that's kind of what. Wagner was trying to go with with him and Bergstaller at times, um, but Bergstaller obviously just not quite at that at that level to make that work. But um, I thought that was beautiful. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Um, and then just in general, this is going to be very cliche, talking head, pundit, sports guy, but um, I, I think it was just the work rate and the energy. I mean, it was electric. It, it was the kind of game where where fans in the stadium start to notice how consistently Schalke are winning 50-50 balls. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and they're cheering for that kind of a thing. You know, it, you know sometimes people are going like the Olays when the passing is going through. Yeah. It's one of those games where like we're winning loose balls and out-hustling them, and the fans are loving it. It was that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, so, and like I said, I think, I think Schupp was a, was a huge part of that. He won like 14 of his 17 defensive. He had 17 defensive duels that he was in, won 14 of them, 82%. Wow! Um, like just phenomenal effort in the middle of the pitch, and he he was the reason that that counterattack goal got started off. You know, being the being the man on top of that, um, yeah, just really good. I mean, and some of that's probably you know fresh legs from from the winter pause, right? Um, we weren't worn down, so maybe we had a little bit extra energy than we normally do. But like when when Schalke plays with that kind of commitment to the style of play that Wagner is going after, it, it makes it very easily believable that we're competing for a Champions League spot. Yeah. And I would I would consider I would compare this game to like Leipzig, in terms of how dominant it was. There was like a twenty minute period in the first half where we had like almost all the possession. It seemed like over Gladbach, they, there was like a twenty minute period in the first half where they couldn't get the ball out of their own half consistently. Um, it was it was absolutely wild. I mean, it just and so that that's the kind of thing that like the crowd builds off of, and then that you know that gets the players into it more. I mean, when when, you, when you're seeing the results of the effort you're putting in. Um, it really helps them buy into that style of play and that commitment. So um, hopefully we're able to keep that over the course of the season. Fatigue, it obviously can be can be uh, maybe a factor there. But uh, I think you and I would both agree that we loved what we saw from from the team in the first game there. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, you know, a little bit on that goal, you can hear Stefan Freund, who one of the commentators in the game, just going, "Oh, oh!" He's like watching a play happening, and he's looking for that. He's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" He's like, "Let's get it so excited." Uh, I actually, yeah, it was it was very Ray Hudson on being sports esque, right? With yes, the like yes. uh, the excitement, you could feel it. Yeah, over the television, it was actually, great. I actually really love their. I mean, not that I, I don't listen, don't love Phil and uh, Stefan all the time, but uh, in this game in particular, they were just going back and forth with each other. And there's one comment that they made, and I kind of retweeted, and they both liked it, where it was like Stefan Freund was like, "Oh, the worst move you can make is was talking about Nubel uh, moving to Bayern," and he's like, "No, no, no, no. The move you made to Dortmund was the worst move you can make as a Schalke player." He's like, oh, yeah. it, was, "It was so funny." I and mean, they're just going back and forth with each other. It was really great chemistry between those two. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the interaction there from both of them. They're both good guys. We got to get Phil back on the uh, on the show this season if we can, because he was he was a good guest. I think well, that was like two seasons ago now, right? Oh man, was it? Yeah, I guess it was. That would have been the very end of the season on Jadesco, I think, is when we had him on the first yeah, time. So we're just trying to get him right. back on. Yeah, we were going we were going right before the uh, the end of the season. That's right, and we were talking about how we we're going to talk about talk with each other over summer and stuff like that. So yeah, oh man, it's been a long time. So. I mean, anyway, in- incredibly promising performance. Uh, as I said earlier, kind of like almost a Champions League six-pointer, if you will, because we're right on the border of that, playing another big team. Um, and, that, and that gave us a, a three-point cushion over Dortmund, um, headed at into <laughs> yeah, at the time, headed into, headed into Saturday. 
unfortunately, uh, a blonde Norwegian uh, kind of ruined our plans for the top four. Uh, and I, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I, I've told multiple people, when he was getting linked to Man U, I was like, please go to Man U. Because yeah. I've, wa- I've watched enough Salzburg this season to be confident in the fact that I am absolutely terrified of that guy. And I hate the fact that Dorman has him. Because C- he's going to score like four in the derby. You know he is. Yeah, The guy's insane. I mean, he scored so, a hat trick in 15 minutes. I'm like, God. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not. And, and one of those was a tap-in, but um, his first goal in particular makes a kind of a diagonal run left into the box, doesn't even look up to see where the goal is. The ball comes in, hits it first time, it goes off the far post and in. It's just, it's just ruthless. Um, yeah. And now, now you look at, I mean, if Dorman can sort out their defensive issues, that's a team that's Julian Brandt, Torgan Azard, Marco Royce, uh, you know, Holland. I mean, like, this is a Jaden Sancho, you know, who I named last, but could be named first in that group. I mean, like, just ridiculous attacking talent on that team. And now if they have a focal point up top, potentially, could be even worse. And, of course, Gio Reyna, the American. The uh, youngest yeah. American ever to play in the Bundesliga now. Hey, we'll see what he does in the Rook run. And not that I'm, you know, excited for any dormant success, but... Um, well, luckily, so, luckily, they have Lucien Favreau, so that's kind of the, the trump yeah, card right? there. It yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. negates yeah. most of that stuff. But yeah, Halan is, is, is an uber-talented player, uber player. We saw what he did at Salzburg, and those who thought he was going to do it uh, outside of there are wrong. They are, well, I mean, obviously, it's a small sample size in the Bundesliga, but this kid, this kid is for real, I think. Uh, he is... Uh, he's got a great head of shoulders. His dad was a was a was a first division player, both in England and uh, maybe even Germany. So, um, yeah, this, I think this kid is a legit deal, and it's going to be a, a headache for us when we play them in the Rook Runda. So, hopefully, um, yeah, we find a way a game plan for that. But before that, we have Bayern, uh, big game. Obviously, a lot of watch parties going on this weekend. Um, I always try to go to the Donor Bistro myself. But uh, nonetheless, this is going to be an important game for us. Uh, Bayern, though they lost to Nuremberg 5 2 in a friendly before the Rook Runda began, uh, they pretty convincingly beat Hertha Berlin 4 0, I think it was the final score. Um, it's going to be difficult for us, uh, just as difficult as it was in the first half. I mean, I'm confident after the Gladbach game because Gladbach, I mean, it's so funny. Marie posted a tweet of the top five teams in the league her head-to-head against each other and it's just so inconsistent you never know like Gladbach beats Bayern we beat Gladbach uh Bayern beats us uh it just everybody beats each other up everybody has a weak a weak team uh that they got to face against in the top five and it's pretty it's not like one team beating up everybody right it's not like Bayern beating everybody or Leipzig beating everybody we're all we're all beating each other up and we just beat Leipzig 3-1 at the end of the Henrinda so um, it's going to be interesting. I think it's uh, it's it's up for. I mean, what do you think? Well, we broke the Dennis Eitekin curse on Friday. We did. We did. We did. So anything's possible now. Apparently, um, all bets are off. All the rules are out the window. Uh, all bets are off. Yeah. Listen, it's Bayern. We do not have a good history against Bayern. There are teams in the top five-ish that have better success against them recently than we do. Yeah. Um, at best, we be we seem to be able to draw them. When's the last time we beat them? It's got to be like eight years ago at least, right? Yeah, we probably had to have Huntelaar and Raul probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't beat Bayern Munich. So uh, from that sense, you know, not promising. But as I said last week and a couple other times, 
I think that the game um, match day two against them was closer than the scoreline would suggest. Yes. Uh, I think we're better now than we were then, although I'm sure you could say the same thing for them. I mean, Bayern, Bayern Munich is vulnerable this season. They're in second place, right? So it's not like they're you know in 10th or something. But as far as, as Bayern goes in terms of how dominant they normally are, this is not that kind of a season for them. And so in that sense, I mean, I, I think we have to have a little bit more confidence than perhaps we normally would going into this match that, you know, we're a good team this season. Byron's maybe not exactly where they were. You know, we can go in there and uh, we can get a result in this one. So obviously not optimistic for that based on uh, history, but, uh, you know, I I like the way the team is playing at the moment, and you never know. Anything could happen. Uh, As is always the case when we have watch parties, I might end up at Amsterdam Tavern in St. Louis. We'll see if that actually takes place, but (laughs) I'm I'm actually fairly committed this time around. Oh, okay. So anybody in St. Louis, um, maybe you can uh, run into me there if you want to say hi. If you if you show up to the Amsterdam Tavern, like we can we can have a beer or something. So looking forward to that. Uh, you, you were you going to try to make it to? Uh, you said the Donner Bistro potentially. Yeah, the game's on what Saturday at twelve thirty Eastern Standard Time, I believe. It's Saturday, right, Jack? No, yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely Saturday. It's got to be Saturday. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we play Saturday, twelve thirty. I mean, that's uh, that's eleven thirty. Yeah, yeah, twelve thirty, eleven thirty Central Top Spiel. Yeah, very do very doable for me. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna try to be there at Donor Bistro and uh, at least have it's not necessarily a quote unquote official watch party, but I'll be there with a bunch of Shaka people. Um, so it'll be definitely a fun game to watch with people there. And uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. It's um, I'm hoping the team same team shows up that showed up against Gladbach. Uh, if we can do similar things, it'll be a very tight game. I want to see some goals. We failed to mention that Katucci made an, an appearance in the last game against Gladbach in the 69th for Benito Roman. Um, he did pretty well when he was out there. Three out of three on his dribbles, 100% success rate. He was uh, pretty silky stuff out there. He kind of he kind of owned he a couple people. Good, yeah, he I good. forget I what forget if it was Oscar Van if it was somebody else. There was one. There was a long ball, and he was backing the guy down. It took a touch and spun off of him, and the guy had to grab his jersey to pull him back and get a yellow yep. card to keep him from running down. So, uh, we love a Katuchu cameo, don't we? Yeah, we do. We wish it was a longer cameo, but the way the team is playing at the moment, that's fine at the moment if he's not getting a full 90 uh, because Benito Rahman is playing well. Obviously, Gregorich is looking good so far. So, um, yeah, let's see what happens. And, you know, hey, we may need that super sub come the Byron matchup uh, if he's not starting because uh, he did. He has done well against Byron, uh, one of the few players who has, and I think Robbie Matando is another one. So we'll see. Maybe those people are going to be X-factors in the game uh, if it's a tight one going in, you know, 60th, 70th minute. So we'll see. I'm excited about it, though. I know you are. I know Shaka Nation is. Shaka America is. So, um, yeah, man, let's get at it. I don't want to make any predictions, but I think it'll be much tighter than the 3 nothing we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, I hope so. If it's not, that's going to that's gonna be really Hopefully the refs aren't going to screw this up. That's all I'm going to say. If there's penalties, give the damn penalties to us. <laughs> yeah, that was that was brutal. I mean, that, that's the one. Like, you know Byron's going to get there. Lewandowski's going to do Lewandowski things, but you at least bank on the fact that if Byron commits a blatant penalty, you're going to have an opportunity to convert it. That's were two, there's two in that game that weren't called. It was it was absurd. So, yeah, hopefully we have a little bit better luck on that on that front, and then we can find a way to contain these guys. I don't know. We'll see. I have faith in Wagner, man. I've been impressed with what he's done so far this season. Yes. Um, one game, but off to a hot start here against a really good opponent. So let's keep it going. Let's keep it going indeed, man. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely ecstatic. Uh, as the season going on, I'm growing more and more faith in, in, in Wagner. Not that I didn't have him to begin with, but um, as many are saying, you know, the team is looking like a Premier League squad, meaning they're getting stronger as the season goes on. 
Let's see what happens against Byron. Hopefully he has a, an excellent game plan, which I hope he does, and I, and I, and I've, I have confidence that he will. So um, on that note, I think we'll wrap this one up. Um, if you haven't done so yet, you know, make sure you sign up for the Shaka U.S. newsletter. Give him your email, and you'll get it via that way uh, once a month. Uh, it's a, certainly a, way, a good way to keep up with Shaka with uh, stuff that's not on social media so much. So with those Shaka Daily, give a shout-out to them. Uh, they do a pretty good job about that. So um, definitely uh, give them a follow if you don't do it already, but I'm sure every freaking person in Shaka Nation follows him, follows them already. So um, keep tuning in next week, each week, actually every week. Um, we're going to obviously talk about the Bayern matchup, but, you know, uh, we'll bring you the latest with the Royal Blues week in and week out. We want to thank Schalke and Fox Soccer for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet at Schalke America on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook if you like. Uh, we want to give a shout-out to our very, very good friends over at NBC4 Nashville, Jack. Uh, they do us so good every year. <laughs> Have Absolutely. to, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? Uh, if you want somebody to throw out random stats like post shot XG plus minus, um, Apple Mesros. Oh wait, you? Are you talking? About yeah, you? me in this case. Yeah, post shot expected goals <laughs> minus goals a lot. Great stat from Statsbond there. Uh, J M Mangan on Twitter. J M M A N G A N. Shout out to everyone who uh, who's followed the uh, Shock America Instagram and Facebook pages. Yeah, a huge huge influx of people liking it. So uh, we'd love to see that, guys. Thank you so much. And as always, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me on Twitter as well and all social media at r underscore k h a r m a n. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shoes. <laughs>